It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also, check us out on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, Spotify, and wherever you listen to the show. And be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every Friday throughout the season, I'll be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. So make sure to go ahead and get those questions into me right now. I've already gotten plenty of your questions, particularly as it pertains to the Carolina Panthers inefficiency once again in the red zone during Sunday's 19-14 win against the New York Jets. I will certainly talk more about that throughout the week and on Friday, so continue to get those questions in at Julian Council, either adding me or DMing me. Also, on Sunday, you can check out the Lockdown NFL Sunday pregame show that talks about every game and every team in depth. Check out the Lockdown NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff, just football every Sunday with host Cody Rourke and Ross Jackson, host of the Lockdown Broncos and Lockdown Saints, respectively. Follow and subscribe to Lockdown NFL on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And don't forget to turn on notifications to be notified when the show goes live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. Ross will also be on the show on Thursday, as we'll have our weekly crossover episode with your respective hosts of the other Lockdown NFL team playing the Saints again on Sunday, 1 o'clock on Fox over at Bank of America Stadium. And we're going to talk about how important that game is. Also going to look at some of the uh, in-depth numbers from Pro Football Focus. A little bit of highlighting of Sam Darnold and the offensive line. And, of course, that defense that was fantastic. And Matt Rule gave an update on some injury status, what that means to the Panthers moving forward into next weekend's game against the Saints. And starting off there with the game against the Saints, I'm sure you all were able to witness what happened Yesterday afternoon in Jacksonville, Florida, as the Saints displaced by Hurricane Ida, open up their season against the Green Bay Packers, who, of course, throughout the entire offseason were begging Aaron Rodgers to come back and play football as he was angry with the team for reasons that, honestly, I I don't know. Just Aaron's got his deal with the Packers. He doesn't like the GM. He's sick of being there. I don't know. That's their problem, not our problem. But they had a serious issue yesterday against the New Orleans Saints, who are our problem as it pertains to the Carolina Panthers and you as a Panthers fan coming up on Sunday. 38-3, an absolute drubbing of a team that's been in the NFC title game back-to-back years that has the reigning MVP in Aaron Rodgers, a coach of Matt LaFleur who's done a fantastic job during his two seasons in Green Bay. That was alarming. 
considering the fact that a lot of people were concerned about what New Orleans would be. They had, they had to lose some players because of cap. There's injuries. Michael Thomas did not play. Marshawn Lattimore, who signed a mega deal prior to the game that was announced afterwards. He's going to be week to week after he suffered an injury. Marcus Davenport had a pectoral issue, which might have him out on Sunday as well. So the Saints have had issues. They've lost guys based off a cap. And Drew Brees, a future Hall of Famer, has retired. So I've had the conversation with you, and a lot of people have said the same thing. I did not necessarily know what all to expect from New Orleans this season. I still felt that they were the second best team in the NFC South. They could absolutely be a playoff team based off of how strong this roster is. The culture down New Orleans is with Sean Payton, who I know none of you like. Mickey Loomis, their general manager. The Saints have dominated the division. What, the last three, four years in a row they won the NFC South? I've lost count by this point. I understand what happened to them in the playoffs last year where they got blown out by Tampa Bay, who ended up going on and winning the Super Bowl. And Tampa Bay now looks like the kings of the NFC South, even though they have yet to win the division. But they look like they're going to be the favorite after what they did on Thursday night and bringing back all 22 of their starters from last year's Super Bowl team. That being said, New Orleans is still a good football team. And I think a lot of us got a rude awakening yesterday if you were doubting the Saints and how good they could be. Now, it is only week one, and we have all the week one overreactions, Monday's overreaction Monday. You see it after week one of the college football season. You see it again after week one of the NFL season where people are saying, oh, this guy's no good. This team's overrated, yada, yada, yada. We will find out later on what actually is true and what is false. But I feel pretty comfortable right now based off of the last two seasons. With Taysom Hill, Teddy Bridgewater filling in at quarterback where the Saints went 8-1 and one without Drew Brees. That makes me feel pretty confident that with Jameis Winston, who was excellent on Sunday, that the Saints are still going to be a pretty good football team. The Carolina Panthers, I think, have a chance to be a good football team this year. I've already given my prediction of 8-9. and nine. I think they'll finish third in the division behind New Orleans, but it's all about building towards next year where I think this team can be really good. The defense on Sunday with the six sacks, was incredible. And if they can play that way throughout the season, be a top 10 unit, they are going to win a lot of football games this year. If the Panthers offense plays the way they played in the first half yesterday with Sam Darnold throwing for over 230 yards passing and Christian McCaffrey looking like the same guy we saw last year when he was healthy and dating back to 2019 when he had the 1,000-1,000 season, they are going to play well throughout the year and win a lot of football games. But looking at the game in totality on Sunday, happy to be 1-0, of course. And it's a 1-0 that we all expected. The thing is, they were far more dominant in that game than what the scoreline looked like. And there were also parts of that game, particularly the second half, where you were pretty concerned about the Carolina Panthers' ability to salt away that game. Only scoring three points in the second half is not going to be good enough against the Saints on Sunday. I said this. Yesterday, it's not going to be good enough. And only getting 34 yards and a quarter, was that what it was in the third? It's never going to be good enough against any of the good teams moving forward. But the Panthers won. They are a better team than the Jets. It's also New York Jets who are expected to be one of the worst teams in football. There's a lot of positives to take away from what McCaffrey looked like as he's healthy. I know there's going to be plenty of questions about, is it sustainable for him to get 30 care or touches per game? Uh, Matt Rule said on Monday that, well, he only took really two good shots. So, yeah, that's something you're going to monitor. But again, I'll say, do you want Chuba Hubbard getting the football? You want Royce Freeman to have it instead? Or do you want the best playmaker in the National Football League touching the ball as much as possible? Whatever it takes to win, in my opinion. 
Uh, Robbie Anderson, only one target, but a big-time play. DJ Moore, I think he's going to have another outstanding season. The offensive line left some things to be desired. Defensively, they were fantastic. This is going to be a team that will be in the hunt come December. They have a chance to make some noise. But on Sunday, that's where we really can understand just how good the Panthers could be. And even whether they win or lose, there were plenty of weeks remaining to really find out what the story of the Carolina Panthers is going to be in 2021. I just look at Sunday's effort. As excited I am about the defense and as good as the offense looked, especially Sam Dunn on that first half, they have to be much better on Sunday against New Orleans Saints if they want to win and lead the division with that divisional win and start off 2-0 and hopefully a 3-0 against the Houston Texans team that did look good against Jacksonville. But like the Jets, the Jaguars starting rookie quarterback are not going to be a good football team. And there's already all kinds of messed up things coming out of Jacksonville as it pertains to Urban Meyer's reign as the head coach there. Sunday is a massive football game for the Carolina Panthers early on. I'm so excited for it because we get to find out and answer some questions very early on in the season, opposed to waiting a couple weeks before we know potentially what this team could be. Win or lose, like I said, we will find out down the road just how good the Carolina Panthers are, but they have a chance to make a statement on Sunday afternoon at Bank of America Stadium on 800 South Mint Street in Uptown Charlotte if they can beat a Saints team that just blew the doors off of Green Bay. Very excited to see what happens this coming weekend. All I know is they have to play much better than they did yesterday if they want to start off this season 2-0. I think they're up for the challenge, but we will see. Well, they were certainly up to the challenge yesterday, beating the Jets 19-14. Again, the score was a lot closer than what the game actually was. The defense looked excellent. Sam Darnold impressed in his official Carolina Panthers debut. The offensive line, as we expected, left a lot to be desired. Pro Football Focus had a numbers breakdown. We'll look even more in-depth at the Panthers' win yesterday, Sunday afternoon against the New York Jets. So we'll get into that here in just a moment. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. This lockdown podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and 
free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. I am not one of those people who thinks that pro football focus is the gospel. I do appreciate the analytics and the charting that they do to help us better understand the game of football. But not all their numbers are necessarily indicative of what is good, what is bad. It is just one of the various tools to help us better understand how the Carolina Panthers play and how all the other 31 teams in the National Football League play. And they do great breakdowns after every game. I did a little breakdown of the Panthers, of course, and just looking at Sam Darnold's numbers overall, like I said, I thought he played very well, took care of the football. Matt Rule did go back on Monday and say during his day after press conference that Sam Darnold on that fumble on that fourth down in the red zone where he believes that had that been actually handed off to Christian McCaffrey, they would have wanted to score a touchdown, which, you know, that would have been awesome. Of course, did not happen. He said that Sam Darnold was a little bit too wide when running into Giovanni Ritchie, the fullback, and then fumbling the football there. And, of course, recovered by the New York Jets and turnover on downs, all that kind of deal. But, you know, outside of that, Sam Darnold took care of the football. Never really threatened to throw an interception against the Jets. And the Jets don't have a good secondary. We'll see how he does against the New Orleans Saints coming up here on Sunday. But either way, Sam made a lot of good decisions, took care of the football, was accurate, was efficient. All the things that you were hoping to see to start out the season against his former team, the New York Jets, and an opponent that absolutely the Carolina Panthers should have dominated offensively, which for the most part they did, just did not reflect it on the scoreboard. Matt Rule had mentioned that in the first half, especially, they really need to score more points. And in the second half where they went punt, 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 field goal, punt, then the game was over. They have to be better in those situations. But as far as Sam Darnold goes, he was excellent. When it came to throws behind the line of scrimmage and short throws, meaning throws right under 10 yards. For the game, he was 21 for 22 and throws under 10 yards for 169 yards passing. That is fantastic. And you can call him Captain Checkdown. You can say all you want to say because Christian McCaffrey had nine of his 24 complete completions on Sunday. If he's taking care of the football and he's being efficient and the Carolina Panthers are moving the ball down the field, that's all that should matter. Yes, you want to see the deep ball. And when it came to deep balls, throws of 20 plus yards, he was three for five for 110 yards and a touchdown. 60% pretty good, especially when you look at the throw to Robbie Anderson, where he was able to maneuver the pocket. Christian McCaffrey had a fantastic block on that play. That's been pointed out by several people, particularly Matt Rule on his press conference on Monday where Dennis Daly had whipped on the block, Christian stepped up there and did his job. We talk about Christian McCaffrey all the time, just how great of a receiving back he is, how great of a running back purely he is, running between the tackles, outside of the tackles. Being able to do pass protection is so important. Like, you want to take Christian McCaffrey off the field, Chuba Hubbard, then, if it's a passing situation, has to go in there and do pass pro to protect Sam Darnold. And Matt Rule brought up a situation where Chuba Hubbard did, didn't do great and allowed a linebacker to cause pressure on Chris, on Sam Darnold, excuse me, the quarterback. So when you talk about you want to take McCaffrey off the field, remember, it's not just touches, but it's also this guy being able to help out the quarterback and pass pro. And considering how bad the offensive line is likely going to be this season, there's just another example of wanting Christian McCaffrey on the field. 
So now some numbers that were interesting when looking at Sam Darnold. He was great when it came to short throws and behind the line of scrimmage and the deep balls that he hit. But in the intermediate, midi, the medium part of those throws from 10 to 19 yards, six attempts, zero completions. So if you want to total it and you say, you know, if you look at his throws from 10 plus yards on Sunday, he was three of 11, but had its 110 yards and a touchdown. So three of 11 number is not great. He missed all his intermediate medium throws, but he connected on three of the five deep balls for 110 yards and a touchdown, something that we were desperate to see coming into the season after watching Teddy Bridgewater last year, who's limited in his arm strength. Now, I do think that Teddy Bridgewater and his arm strength, that that's a topic of conversation that gets a little bit overblown. He, he's not like he can't throw the ball. It's like Drew Brees last year. People act like Teddy Bridgewater has Drew Brees' arm last season in, in, in New Orleans. Like, Teddy Bridgewater doesn't have a strong arm per se, but it's not like the guy can't throw the ball 20 yards down the football field. But either way, Sam Darnold looked really good with the deep balls. was great and short and behind the line of scrimmage throws. But something to monitor there as he did not hit those throws from 10 to 19 yards on Sunday and was 3 of 11 on throws 10 plus yards down the field. He's certainly going to need to connect on some of those moving forward against a team like New Orleans Saints coming up here on Sunday. The offensive line, though, Gave up 11 pressures, including four from, guess who, Pat Offline, who we knew was a liability coming into the season. We'll see when John Miller gets back. Matt Rule's hoping he'll be back here this week, but he just really couldn't comment and say necessarily when a 10-day started. That's something that he's going to leave up to the doctors. He doesn't know. I just would not expect John Miller to be ready, available to go. I've also spoke by piece. Dennis Daly should be the starting right guard because John Miller doesn't care about his team enough to get vaccinated and thus has is going to miss his first game of the season and potentially could miss another game and have Panthers in a situation yesterday where they're having to play Trent Scott at guard because Pat Elfline had to leave the field for a couple of plays due to injury. Do you want that to be the norm? Probably not. Either way, Elfline, he's got to be better. Long term, I believe next season he'll be given the opportunity to be the center after Matt Paradis exits. But this year, if they're going to try and play him at guard and they're going to go up against some better teams, because the Jets looked really good in the second half when they made whatever adjustments they made at halftime, getting more pressure on Darnold. Throughout the game, even the first half, he was facing pressure. 11 pressures again for the game, four from Pat Elfline. They're going to have to give Brady Christensen a look. They're going to have to give, I mean, Daly apparently said he's more comfortable at left guard. Matt Rule has said that as well. So if Elfline's going to continue to struggle when it comes to pass protection and give up those amount of pressures, nearly half of the team's pressures, then why doesn't Dennis Daly then get a look as a full-time left guard? And that's not saying that Pat Elfline can't have a future with the Panthers. Maybe he's just better suited as a center, but as we've seen in his past, even when he was a center for the Vikings, they eventually went and got Garrett Bradbury to replace him. So... Like, is he really even one of the best five offensive linemen that Matt Rule always talks about? The numbers right there show that yesterday he was the worst offensive lineman for the Carolina Panthers. And previously we've seen he's been one of the worst offensive linemen in the National Football League. And with your own eyes, you can tell that Pat Elfline is a major liability for the Carolina Panthers wanting to get what they want to get done offensively and protecting their quarterback, Sam Darnold, who's missed a handful of games throughout his career because of the lack of protection and, of course, the unfortunate case of mono that he had. Now, while the offense gave up a ton of pressures, as we saw, the defense was excellent. 17 pressures from the defense yesterday on Zach Wilson. Six of those were sacks. Hassan Reddick himself, someone I was wondering, it's contract year. 
Last year was also a contract year technically as Arizona decided not to um, offer him the fifth-year option or to exercise his fifth-year option rather. And he went out there and he balled out 12 and a half sacks, five of those coming against the New York Giants last season. He'll get to see those guys again up in MetLife later this year. Reddick had five pressures, including one and a half sacks as he leads the season-long sack competition with Brian Burns by a half a sack right now. Defensively, these guys are just so good. I'm very excited to see what they're going to look like going up against the Saints team that has a very good offensive line. Now, the Saints gave up 10 pressures themselves on Sunday against the Packers, but they kept James Winston clean for the most part. And Jameis, as we saw, was was really good. Five touchdown passes. He only threw like 148 yards. How that's even possible, I don't know. But getting after Jameis Winston on Sunday and getting him, putting him in a position to make mistakes – because that roughing the passer call that they called on Sunday, which was horrid, the one they called on Zadarius Smith, that was an interception. So, Jameis got bailed out there. He did turn the football over. The refs bailed him out with the, the worst um, roughing the passer call that we've seen since they've made that a, um, uh, an emphasis. Ridiculous. But they can get to Jameis, and they can cause havoc. And do kind of the same stuff they did to Zach Wilson. It's going to be a little less likely based off of the fact that they're not going up against the Jets offensive line that lost Mekhi Becton in that game. And good news for the Jets that Becton apparently is only going to be out for a couple weeks with getting arthroscopic knee surgery and having some ligament damage. But nothing too serious, I guess, in terms of he could have been done for the season. But good for them. Man, but on Sunday, this defense, they can get pressure on Jameis Winston as we've seen in the past and force him to make mistakes and... I know Football Morning in America, Peter King, he did a nice little article and piece on Jameis Winston and talking about his favorite play of the game was when he decided to throw the ball away instead of trying to force something and turn it over after he had turned it over in practice. Let's see if we can get Jameis Winston to take a step back and do the same things that he did a, back a couple years ago when he was with Tampa and had the 30-30 season, the 30-for-30 30 30 season throwing 30 interceptions. So Carolina Panthers, some inside numbers there from PFF. Uh, Sam Darnold looked great. You look more in depth. A little weird. He's not completing passes really over 10 plus yards, but he did connect on a couple of deep balls, including that 57 yard touchdown pass to Robbie Anderson. The offensive line proving they are going to be concerning, especially Pat Elfline. But that defense, man, has a chance to really carry this team moving forward, particularly if they're going to have games like yesterday where the Panthers offense at period of times struggles to move the football like they did in the first quarter, third quarter, really in the second half overall. So, uh, We'll get into more of that throughout the week. All right, quick pause and more updates on some injuries, some guys being added to the roster and looking even further ahead to Sunday's contest against the New Orleans Saints. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers of access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. I'm talking about your smartphone, folks. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. 
another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite TV shows, sports, and movies all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with the Direct TV stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. More numbers on the Panthers' defense after Sunday's game. This was tweeted out by Will Bryan, who works for the Panthers. He's at Panthers Stack Guy on Twitter. I'm sure you're already following him, but if you're not, what are you doing? Follow this man. Gives you all the great Panther stats and also does those breakdowns every week when you're trying to learn your opponent on Panthers.com. Him, Darren Gant, Bill Both, all those folks over there at Panthers.com do a fantastic job keeping you informed. So go ahead and go support them as they are fantastic at what they do. But he put this out. On Sunday, or I just tweeted out on Monday, he said after Sunday's game, Carolina's defense led the NFL in week one with six sacks tied for first. Arizona, if you saw Chandler Jones, had five sacks against the Titans. Just embarrassed Taylor Lewan there on Sunday afternoon as they blew out the Titans in Nashville. Panthers also had eight passes defense tied for first. 54.1 opponent completion percentage, which is first. They only gave up 2.65 yards per rush, which is first. And nine quarterback hits, which is tied for second in the NFL. These guys, fast, physical, talented. So I, I spent all offseason talking about like, hey, my, while I have concerns about the quarterback and what he could potentially could do in yesterday, certainly calm those down a little bit. But it's only one game. We'll really find out more about him moving forward. And I still question whether Darnold actually is a guy who's capable to go toe-to-toe with the Mahomes one day or toe-to-toe with a Russell Wilson and some of the top quarterbacks in the National Football League. We will find out. Really positive stuff that we saw from him. I also have my concerns about the, the offensive line, of course. Man, but the defense never had some concerns. All they really wanted to see was that they could actually get after the passer, which against week one, the Jets, it's the Jets. You knew that was going to happen. And they can do it against the Saints. Oh, boy. I feel very confident what this defense could be all season long being a top 10 unit. I thought it'd take a little bit of time, but already off the bat, these guys look like a top 10 unit with the additions that we haven't gotten to see yet with AJ Boye, who will be back hopefully shortly. And then Daquan Jones playing in the middle there as a run stuffer with Derek Brown. Both of those guys were fantastic on Sunday. Dante did give up a couple of completions there, but JC Horn only gave up that one completion, which unfortunately was a touchdown, but he was very solid in the run game playing there at corner. And Dante was too. That's one of the things we've always kind of been hard on Dante for not really wanting to go out there and tackle, be a willing tackler. You go back to the final preseason game against the Steelers. He was in there making plays. Love what I saw from him so far. Got to be better when it comes to just, you know, I mean, you're going to give up completions. That's just part of the game, playing that corner position in, in such a pass-heavy uh, game that the NFL and football has turned into over the last couple seasons. But some positive things to take away from so many guys defensively. And Hassan Reddick already pointed out his numbers, just how well he played in carrying over what you saw last season in Arizona to Carolina so far. Marquise Haynes back healthy, had a sack. I mean, Frankie Louvo, I mean, did he even play at all? Like yesterday, we talked, we spent so much time talking about him. That's just like how deep this Panthers team is. That a guy like Louvo, who was one of the surprises in the preseason and throughout training camp, 
wasn't really a key factor at all. I'm pulling up the Panther snap count right now just to kind of see how many snaps he played yesterday. And looking Frankie Lugo, he played 16 defensive snaps. Didn't even hear his name. Either way, Panthers defense was fantastic yesterday. Again, uh, PFF said Horn was targeted four times, allowing two catches for 18 yards. So he did give up two catches, not but the one of those being a touchdown. But overall, was a, oh, for his first game of the season, only targeted four times. Very good. Shaq Thompson, of course, was fantastic. Reddick, Burns. Love those dudes. Jermaine Carter played 95% of snaps. We have a really good defensive unit here in Carolina, and I'm very excited to see what these guys are going to do throughout the season and what they can do on Sunday. A little bit of news, especially with the defense. Miles Hartsfield, who went on Sunday with a wrist injury, expected to be out 8 to 12 weeks. It is significant. Matt Rule felt like it would be. They found out, and they're going to talk to more doctors, figure out more. But right now, the initial thought is 8 to 12 weeks. That is important because A.J. Boye is still suspended for one more game this season. will be out of Sunday's contest against New Orleans. His health also, I think, is a little bit up in the air. But Matt Rule kind of sounds like he's going to be ready to go next week prior to the Thursday night game against the Houston Texans. We'll figure that out soon. They've signed Corn Elder, who was a part of the pass regime, was on the team last year. They signed him to the practice squad, and he will likely be able to fill in potentially in the slot. As Sean Chandler... He came in to play safety while Justin Burris moved into the slot during Sunday's game against the New York Jets. So there's kind of an update there on the injury front. Some of the guys, someone who's in Cornell are now being back here in Carolina. And just looking at the schedule, we talk about a 3-0 start would be awesome. New Orleans, and that's the thing. It's a week-to-week league. You just have no idea. New Orleans looked really good last week. Will Jameis Winston have the same kind of week? We'll find out. Houston. Everyone thought Houston was going to be really bad. I really liked what I saw. Not, not, not what I liked, but I thought it was interesting what I had read from John McClain, who's a columnist there for the Houston Chronicle. He covered the Texans, of course, since day one. He's been in Houston and Texas covering the NFL and sports for forever. And he pointed out how there's a lot of guys who are on one-year deals who are trying to prove that they still belong in this league, where the Texans are going to be a little bit better than a lot of people think. And last yesterday... Blew out Jacksonville. They get Jacksonville again. Indianapolis, the Colts didn't look all that impressive against Seattle. Now, Russell Wilson was out there cooking. Dallas on the road will be, of course, a tough game after what we saw from Dak Prescott and what he was able to do. Philadelphia went down to Atlanta, pants the Falcons. It's a home game, though, so Carolina should win that. Minnesota, I don't really know what to think of them after the game against Cincinnati. They came back. Made that 53-yard field goal where Greg Joseph, he had to attempt it twice, made it both times, sent that to overtime, and we were looking like we are going to get a tie there before the Bengals won. The Giants looked terrible. Daniel Jones fumbled once again. Teddy Bridgewater carved them up. Falcons, as we said, already looked bad. So the first eight weeks of the season, like there's plenty of opportunity for the Carolina Panthers, and there's some games now that might seem to be a little bit more challenging than we first thought. But again, week-to-week league, we're really focused on New Orleans and getting to 2-0 here and seeing what this team potentially could be. That is such a huge game, especially when you think you don't play another division opponent. I think that's worth a damn until you play New Orleans again later on the season going into, what, week 17, I guess. Actually, week 16, that's Tampa Bay the first time they play them. You get get Atlanta twice in between then. If you win this game on Sunday, the Carolina Panthers, they won on Sunday, they're looking at being 3-0 in the division, potentially. I do not see them losing to Atlanta. Atlanta looked awful. They couldn't protect. They can't protect Matt Ryan against the Eagles. What do you think is going to happen when the Carolina Panthers play him? God bless Arthur Smith, man. He's a Tar Heel. I hope he does well just because he's a Tar Heel. But, like, God, the Falcons look horrid. What a terrible situation that seems to be so far after one week. It's, again, only one week. We'll see how things move forward. But the Carolina Panthers, a win on Sunday, 
realistically, like they could be three and zero entering um, the NFC in the NFC South by the time they get to Week 16 and play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A lot of season to play, of course. But on Sunday, such a big game for the Panthers to try and learn how good this team could really be and for Sam Darnold to take another another step forward. Like Matt Rule said, not every game is going to be a referendum on Sam Darnold, but we'll find out a lot more about Sam Darnold on Sunday against the Saints than we did on Sunday against the New York Jets, his former team, where he looked fantastic for most parts of that game. And we'll continue to break down the Saints game coming up here throughout the rest of the week. Again, Ross Jackson, host of Locked on Saints, will join me on Thursday for a crossover episode. Friday, weekly mailbag coming again, so make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. Get those questions in by either adding me or by DMing me, but don't get crazy. Make sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts or rate, review, subscribe there, please. Uh, Follow us also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Ditcher Odyssey, and wherever you listen to the show. Again, last week, huge numbers. One of the best weeks that we've ever had here in Locked On Panthers. So thank you so much for all your support and for listening to the show and for always interacting. I will talk to you guys on Wednesday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.